0: Believe it or not, it's a town called flin Flan, exactly in the middle of Canada. Flaunted, flaunted, flaunted,
1: they gave a town name. flin Flon is built on solid rock, and one of the first things we noticed were the box-in sewer pipes. Above ground, we'd never seen anything like it before.
0: Hey, yo! What up, Raviel Osare? Sewer box office podcast. People are just loving their little chats here. Susan Gunn, fiance, hairdresser to the stars, Babelicious, Superwoman. Yes, people are actually listening. This is an amazing thing. There's proof. Yeah, we. I get. I get the stats from our thing, and um, people are listening and listening more and more because we have people who are not only in in town, but the people who have gone out of town and know people elsewhere. Are like, what are you doing in Flint, Flint? Listen to this. So uh, when we last left Susan Lethbridge. She was pregnant, about to go to Las Vegas, and hanging out with Linda Ronstant and Joni Mitchell, and uh, mm-hmm. performing in front of th- thousands and thousands of people, and then decided just to go to Flin Flon and, uh, and have a family. Well, yeah, well, not just decided, these things are, you know. Well, the, some are born this into, is how yes, a family was yes. physically and the literally and figuratively the thrust, family was thrust upon her the family was yes ah I see we did there <laughs> what we're, we don't have to follow CRTC <coughs> regulations well then. we can say booger <laughs> <laughs> yes we can we can say but hmm? but oh, 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 well we can within some. so so right. this is uh so Susan was super neat to uh, talk with us came to our kitchen table at our, our stately urban cabin here and uh, this is kind of when her and Brent came back Gospel stuff, community choir, the birth of Johnny's social club, and you could see it in her face. You could see it in her eyes. <laughs> that, you know, she has performed literally for of thousands of people, um, been to the Juno Awards, and hung out with everybody from John Candy to Pierre Trudeau, my second favorite of all the Trudeaus. And you can see that she, this time in her life, performing at Johnny's and doing the stuff that they're doing now is probably her favorite. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. A lot of a lot of enthusiasm for for um, just the, the shows and the venues and the, the, the people that she's working with now. And it's, it's great to hear about all the old stuff, but the new stuff is, is neat too. Sure. So yeah, so this will be a part two. This is uh, the comeback to Flin Flan. For uh, Susan Lethbridge and all the neat artistic things that she is doing, has done, and wants to do. So that's uh, coming up next here on Sewer Box Office Podcast. I guess, how it all came back to Flin Flon. You have kids, and you exactly. can't drag them around from all you know, to Calgary and L.A., I guess. With um,
1: with Peter, we were going to do a... Because um, we were offered a record deal um, through some of the word is out and some of the adults having fun and goof on the roof and some of the other songs he was doing. Um, but neither of us wanted to do it. Kathy didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. And Pete didn't want to do it. We really didn't want to. I think Peter would have done it if it just would have been for him, but it involved... Kathy and I, so we, I think we just all decided not to do it. At that time, we were going to go. We had a, an opportunity to perform in Los Angeles or in, in Vegas. Oh, And we were going to go for three months. But of course, I was going to have the baby by then. Oh, wow. And so it was like, hey, go to Vegas and perform. You know, I'm sure you can find someone to take care of the baby. And it would be like, once I had the baby, it was like, no, I'm not letting a stranger in Vegas take care of my little Connor. So... What started off as a joke, let's move back to Flint Flon, it was like, hey, let's move back to Flint Flon. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, because
0: I know for me it's the same thing. It was always this idea in the back of my head. Well, I can always move back to Flint Flon, and
1: then you yeah. know,
0: one day that day comes, and you're like, well,
1: exactly. I and I mean, Flon. we, <laughs> I <California>, really, <laughs> I really thought this is it. You know, I'm, I'm giving up my career here, and, and was ready to do so. You know, and I did give up my career because I never really made a living at it as a can, but. But I kept singing, which was the important part. And, and uh, Flin Flon's been awesome. So yeah, it
0: is kind of glamorous, but it's also got to be just physically and emotionally just taxing to, to do that touring schedule and stuff.
1: Uh, you know, the touring was, was fun. It was really the recording that I, okay. found, I found more challenging. You know, it's hard to be perfect. Mm-hmm. It really is. And, and uh, you know, the recording, it doesn't lie. No. And if you don't have an engineer that you that you like, like if, let's say my friend Steve Bell, one of my favorite guys to sing with, like his engineer, I would work with his engineer anytime because he makes your voice sound beautiful. But not everybody does. And not every recording sounds like you. That's the problem with recording is that sometimes you're getting these other room sounds and it's like, well, that's not my voice. You know, I don't sound like that.
0: And did you just prefer the dynamic of a live audience, I guess? Always,
1: yeah. Although I have had some good recording experiences, um, they just weren't all good. And and I used to do jingles with Graham in the city, and some of those were really difficult. Yeah.
0: Jingles? Like yeah. Just, yeah. just, just, just yeah. the repetition?
1: Ah, and... oh, like he had weird-ass parts, weird-ass oh, harmony yeah. parts, you know, that were just like, what? And you know, now as an experienced harmony singer, I would be able to get them. Mm-hmm. But at the time I just didn't have enough experience, didn't know enough to really be able to. I remember it was a stadium Ford commercial I couldn't really get. But what did, you know, it was a great way to make extra money, really doing those commercials. And I did also did some some TV commercials which were truly horrifying, <laughs> but also good money.
0: So you guys came back and Started a gospel group. Yes. Yeah. So this was just this that, was just that was the came out of our church, of you singing, just church singing. Yeah,
1: yeah. With uh, with my dad, and uh, some of my sisters, and Brent. And uh, we just started playing at church, and then people just started getting us to play at different things, mm-hmm. and we just, you know, kind of perform around, and and we actually had a really good sound. We did some great gospel, and that's when Jennifer was only fifteen. So we moved back, she was 15 or 16, and, and she was already a very good singer by then, and already determined that she was going to go to Winnipeg and be a singer.
0: So when did you guys kind of start, was there, was this the Jennifer Henson, the Henson Sisters dance band around here, or was that a little later? Yeah,
1: that was later, because basically what happened in uh, 1995, I know in 1993, Greggies decided to put on... Um, a reunion. a reunion it's yes. a high school yes. reunion and so our band played in high school power plant so you guys should perform and I mean we had't played in the band well for 12 years and Brent hadn't played for quite a while he'd been playing um with the church so we just started we just started rehearsing with debbie and we went to brandon and rehearsed and we and and we we got together and after we did that gig Brent just Begged me, please, okay. please, let's get a band together. And then we got a, we started doing having a country band.
0: And so, did you guys just so play the Hooter and stuff? Is this what you guys did? I or?
1: actually have never played the oh, Hooter. Uh, it's are wow. your friends
0: are. You know, yeah,
1: because I played so many bars between 1974 and 1984, I don't like playing bars. I, I, you know, I don't like drunk people for one. And I met a lot of drunk people. Uh, People that were normal at 9 o'clock and were not normal at 12. So I've been very resistant to playing in the bars. And just kind of more like the social, you know, things at the community hall or uh, those kinds of Mm -hmm. things. So I've played at the Victoria Inn. We did a gig with Jennifer there, a little fundraiser, I think, for somebody. And, uh, And I played one set. At the Hooter to help Brent out when he didn't have enough material for something, but I've actually never, you know, had a gig there. I, I can't play till two, three in the morning. <laughs> you know, what do you do? Like four forty-fives there? Like that's yep,
0: terrible. Yeah, 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 absolutely.
1: Johnny's social clubs where it's at, man.
0: Well, we'll get there. Yeah um so did, were you when Crystal and Mark came in? Were, was there a choir and there was this no musical nothing thing? no 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 no, okay. no.
1: we have been I'd been praying for you know somebody to start the glee club again and I remember talking to my friend Dorothy Liss about it and she said no she said we did that now you have to do it but you know I've got no training I can't read music so it certainly wasn't going to be me and our band had been praying for a, a a piano player that could could play by ear because you know you have to be able to play by ear to be able to play the kind of stuff that we were doing and so my brother bill phoned me up and he says hey we're getting a guy who's a city solicitor Uh he's a piano player i'm like okay so we phoned him within a day of his being here and we arranged to meet him up at the community up at the flin Flon hotel and i of course asked him questions like you know can you play by ear you know, can you play blues as well as country as well as. And he's like, and oh, I like, think so. Yeah. Well, I you know, it's. Like, since I was 12. He's he his usual modest self, yes, right? Yes, and of course. And then he came to one of our rehearsals, and of course I heard him. And we did Queen of Denial. Oh, wow. And he was. Like, like Pantillus? Totally amazing. Like yes, Pantillus, yes. yeah. And, you know, he just completely blew us away. And, you know, our life has been changed ever more. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, yeah, so Mark and Chris, that's kind of like a. Like BC, like before Crystal. Exactly. And then like after And so Crystal. I didn't,
1: I didn't meet Crystal at first because she Mark came without her, and he told me when, when we were rehearsing, he said, "You are never, ever going to meet anybody as nice as my wife." Aww. And so you know when you just, when you think, "Hey, someone new's come to town," I'm going to make mm. some muffins and bring it to them. Yeah. I actually did that for her. I actually a made muffins, wagon. a welcome wagon, brought my dad's truck over there. I said, "You know, do you need anything? Taken to the dumps and boxes, or how can I help you?" And that was in December, and we started walking together in in January. And we've been bus buddies ever since, yeah. And, and of course, Mark's been a game-changer in our town, you know. Ooh,
0: yeah,
1: and sorry. that's that's when that's when Dave Gunn started having his sound and lights, you know. We figured out, hey, we need a PA, Dave. You know, so he kind of started that whole thing. And and, and Elaine's band started playing, and, and uh, Kraz and the Critters were playing. You know, there was quite a few... Things um, that was I think and it was I mean, all like at
0: the same time. Kind yeah, of like
1: ni- that was like late nineties, mid. You know, I mm-hmm. think after kind of ninety five kind of thing.
0: So you were in in the choir, and you guys went to you guys did Carnegie Hall and and stuff. Or? I didn't go to no. Carnegie Hall
1: first time, but we started choir yeah, with um, Schubert's Mass and G, and uh, they had just they had just come here, and they actually um, arranged for a choir that was some past um, glee club members for a uh, service for a dear community member, Murray Davidson, who was a part of the Glee Club and a really big community member. And so Mark started talking to me, and, he, and I remember him saying, you know, do you think if we put together a choir, people would show up? And I said, absolutely. And so they're, you know, they're doing Schubert's Mass, and G not exactly a popular piece. <laughs> and I think 80 people showed up. So they were completely blown away. And we did that, and then we did Joseph, and boom, off to the races.
0: So yeah, were you involved in the, the early days of the musical? Oh yeah, musical?
1: oh yeah. And I was one of the narrators in Joseph, Ooh. only because Crystal wouldn't let me say no.
0: It was, you know,
1: I, I've like, I've oh, never acted, job. you know, uh, I, again, was slightly intimidated, but uh, she made me, and it turned out to be a great experience. And Lisa Komenicki and I uh, shared that role, so it was really really fun
0: so how was that like acting on stage were you comfortable no perform no
1: (laughs) no not at all never I just I can't get comfortable acting and I don't think I'm like terrible or anything I'm just well you're a (laughs) singer. and I do you know when I perform I'm acting you know I really don't feel like I'm Susan Lethbridge you know daughter of Bill and Judy I'm I'm it's it's a part of me that I allow to come out you know uh, every now and then. Yes, that
0: part of your persona. Yes, that, exactly, that exactly. Drives on
1: that, for sure. uh So in that way, I'm acting, but it feels more real than than when I'm, you know. And I've had some fun times, but like Brent and I acted in Titanic together. We were a couple together, and that you know that was so fun. Now Lefty, he can act. He he takes up a lot of space on the he stage. He can act like left. Yeah. You know, I'm telling He's you, the guy he he goes for it. Led to
0: itself. Yes, yeah, well so you don't. Any of our projects. The, the yeah, we work we yes. the great part of it is you never have to tell Brent more.
1: Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. Never, never.
0: <laughs> so uh, so as this is going on, just performing in bands and just you guys just learn so much new material. Is is it like? Finding old stuff and then finding new stuff. How is this process of
1: of just picking what you're going to play? Yeah, it's just one of the great joys. you know. It's just one of our favorite things to do, to sit around and just... In fact, we did this when we were in Jamaica with Jennifer. Just sit around all afternoon, drink a few beer, and just listen to songs. Yeah, let's do this one. Yeah, oh, I love this one. Oh, let's do this one. And just pick out a bunch of songs to start learning for a future gig. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we always have songs kind of in the... You know, kind Simming kind of brewing, pot. yeah, simmering yeah, in the pot yeah. that we're ready to go. Yeah. Some of them have been singer- simmering a long time, and we've actually <laughs> never performed them. But, but uh, yeah, we always have you know something going on.
0: Because I, I I've done like lines for plays and things, but what is it like like just memorizing lyrics and bridges and chords and all that stuff? Is that just it comes how your natural works? to me?
1: Yeah, it comes natural to me. And I you know I really what I really love doing is singing harmony, and that's why I love singing with the sisters you know, because we do all that full harmony, Boswell Sisters, Andrew Sisters, 30s kind of style. I love that big band jazz stuff. That's what I grew up with. That's just in my hard drive. And, um, you know, singing with, I just love singing the backup parts, you know. So singing with Kim, singing with Faith, singing with all the amazing singers we have. Just got to sing with, um, singing with Joanna, got to sing with Natalie a couple weeks ago, her and Kim, and I uh, love singing with Curtis and Johnny and Kevin and you know, I mean we have so many good singers here. Yeah. And always have. We've always had good singers. And this is a a, a gong I've been banging for a long time is that it Flynn Flon. It's there's something in the air. We've always had amazing artists here.
0: Well it is such a weird thing that some people are, are from here and leave and come back and some people just Come here drawn, for work yeah. for things, and so you get this amazing stew of yeah. of people who can record and do tech and have harmony experience and have performed everywhere, and then the people who are sort of here get mentored by that, and it sort of just layers in. That's on right. Each
1: That's right. And um, you know, uh, when we first started doing Johnny's Social Club, which was kind of an idea that had been brewing between Greg Easton, okay, Brent, so and, and I. Do you
0: remember it as a store? Oh, yes. Oh, for
1: sure. Oh, Johnny's, for sure. But, but you really, you know, I mean, I've known Greg since I'm probably 17, 16, 17. And music has always been one of our connections. And we've talked about live music our whole lives. And, and in particular, the last 10 years, we kept talking about we need a venue, we need a venue, a coffee house, a something. And so funny, they bought Johnny's, and, and so we were chatting one day, and he was telling me, we are not making it. We are not going to be able to keep this going because we're just not taking in enough income. So we decided, okay, let's start something. We're going to split the income between Johnny's Social Club because we want to build up what you guys need, and we want to start something going. So we'll split the money between half for the Arts Council or half for Choir or half for Culture Days, um, and half for, for Greg and his, um, his building. And boy, build it and they will come. And so Mark Colton and I got together and we just started writing down artists that we wanted to do. Of course, his list was longer than mine. And, uh, you know, he's in his glory. He just absolutely loves this whole thing and you know i don't know anybody who loves getting together with more musicians than mark colt does so it's a perfect fit but you know we're all just so happy to be finding new performers that have never come out in flint Flin, or performers who have maybe played a little bit and we've maybe seen little bits and pieces of them but now they're kind of coming into the fold you know um you derek Kemps you know uh this yeah, past he's weekend a rock yeah. he 's a rock star for sure, and um you know uh, just really. Um, Shane Bentley, you know it was great to see Shane, and great to see and I think one of the things Pink Floyd did is it really showed us, yes, we can play some heavier material here, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and we can get absolutely. into some really, some heavier stuff, and, and get, and some, get, heavier stuff and get some different yeah. people out there who yeah. have never been out and who, who can get really excited about it, and you know, I'm just so excited about it because we still have so many people we haven't reached mm-hmm. there's still singers out there and still guitar players out there that aren't know about us but are still kind of shine, still kind of on the yes, periphery you absolutely. know so that's thrilling to me
0: so what have some been your favorite Johnny shows
1: ah uh, well definitely Pink Floyd is right was, up uh, there that's, it was, it's got to be up there hard, it, was, it was a masterpiece
0: it was, really was know, just, just, uh, just, uh, just the sing, the musicianship yeah, the... Closed, yeah. The musicianship.
1: and it was a it was a really big bite a uh, really big bite for all those musicians and they put in they put the time in but you know same with Beatles show When we do Beatles, we probably rehearse at Johnny's 40 to 50 hours for that show, as well as the the individual time that we're putting in. So, of course, I love Beatles Night. Mm -hmm. I loved J.C. Superstar. Yes. To me, that was just killer. And I love being a backup singer. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Man, those are just, you know, that was just ridiculously funny. And just a blast to be in. But... I really I love all the shows. You know I love the variety of the shows that we have. I love they the variety so of the performers. I love the fact that we can just keep it going.
0: Yeah, just uh talk about some of the the performers who you've been able to work. Do you feel like you're kind of the a mentor to these to these young newbies? From well, the you know some
1: of these young newbies uh, are so amazing. Um, but you know one one of the great things about working with the artists is that you're learning from each other. I'm learning from them. They're learning from me. You know, there are there things that I can show artists absolutely. Like I'm crazy with things like when you're performing. You know, you really you're doing three things. You're 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 connecting to the song, you're connecting to the musicians, and you're connecting to your audience. So you want to make all those things as good as you can, right? So with your audience, <clears throat> one of the things I have to train better is take that microphone stand. When you're taking your microphone off, take that microphone stand and put it behind you. Because all those pictures now have got that microphone stand there, and they're right yeah. there, and all you is the shadow across your face. So little things like that. But you know, really, I think the best thing to do as singers is just sing. You know, and just keep doing it, and you're going to get better, and you're going to get more comfortable. And and Johnny's is so amazing because you get to rehearse there. Never in my you don't life. Have to load out
0: gear and stuff. No, and we're not moving gear. anything. Right. And
1: we're working with the PA system that we're working awesome. with. Some space you going to be in. I don't know other than Celine Dion. <laughs> in
0: residency. In
1: residency, an artist who gets to do that. I was, I was never ever any of the shows that I did. I mean, the the TV shows. Yeah, we would rehearse at the Saint Vitale, and we would record it there. We would rehearse, at, you know, um, wherever it was, and we would we would record it there, but not. Mostly you're in somebody's basement with a crappy PA and then you go to a different PA and it's, you know, with this way you get used to the sound, it gets the nerves out, you know, you kind of get rid of your nerves because a lot of the artists that aren't used to performing, they get pretty nervous.
0: So I mean, we just scratch a surface for Johnny stuff. What would you like to see Johnny stuff do? What Court of nights? What sort of theme nights? If if you oh. had if your if you brothers to you're... be some sort of artistic oh, well, direction, yes. you
1: know, we 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 keep talking about this. Uh, for one, international song night, I think would be cool. Let's get some different language. Let's get some different languages happening. I'd like to perform in in uh, French, um, and I know we have artists who can sing in other languages. So I think that would be cool. I think like. Uh, iconic song night mm-hmm. where every song is like, boom! Yeah. You know, this was the song. The song. song. Um, Yacht Rock is one that we've talked about with Jen. What is that? Is, that would be like, the Eagles would be lot, Yacht Rock. Yeah. Uh, Jackson Brown would be Yacht Rock. I uh, would be like Rhythm and blues AM Gold? <laughs> um, you know, when you get Jennifer on, she'll have to oh, yeah, take we'll you, have you into to, that. Yes. But you know, it's a little, yeah, a little, um, Little sting, a little. Think of music that you would like to listen to while on our yacht. You know.
0: <laughs> I like, but well, I guess nothing, there. nothing too hard, but but still breezy and rocky Yeah, rocking. exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly. But no, there's so many, so many ideas. You know? And did
0: you did you do the big homecoming show with Brents?
1: I've or done like, a bunch of big homecoming like shows.
0: Like the the well, because we talked, we have oh our, his favorite game. A big question, yeah, yeah. And so we're yeah. were you that and what oh yeah. What was that
1: like? Because that's, that's 3,000 people, man. It was an amazing show. Um, we started with um, the Pointer Sisters. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, there you go. And, uh, yeah, we did Jet that night. and It was such an amazing audience. Like, they were there. Nobody was dancing. They were just locked in front of us, you know, um, listening to the band. And it was, it was really a special night for sure.
0: Okay, so we've got around the corner here. I know you're... Butts getting numb. We've got uh, Brent actually called and said uh, he didn't like his answer, so we may have to re-record. No, he didn't like no, his, he didn't like the his answer. He had to talk to you yes, the air. on the oh on the God. insurance program. So, I wondered about that. so like, what would be your iconic show that you've performed where there was magic in the air and and it couldn't be replicated? Would that be Massey Hall? Would that be or would it be a Johnny show or or just something you know with sixteen people in the crowd?
1: Ah, you know, geez, it's really hard to say. I've just had so many amazing, amazing experiences. Massey Hall is definitely one of them. The homecoming shows, for sure. But, you know, I mean, even just some of the jams that we've had, you know. I just feel so fortunate as an artist. A couple of times, recording with Graham, before we would start, we would rehearse. I remember one time doing this beautiful song called Giving. And we're just, we're doing the harmony, and there's a whole bunch of people there that weren't in the band, and it was one of those really special moments, and I I had to acknowledge like, this is cool, I'm living a cool life right now, you know, just singing with these fine folks, and I've had many, many, many of those moments, you know?
0: And we have this one, everybody hates, but I like asking it, three people, living or dead, that you would like to perform, jam, collaborate with.
1: Okay. Brent told me this question. <laughs> oh, but but he didn't say living, he said dead. No, so living. I only okay. thought of three dead guys. Okay. Oh. And of course the first one would be my darling dad. Because I just loved to sing with him. And and he, you know, he was like me, was kind of more of a harmony singer, so you didn't get to hear him sing lead, but wow, he had the most amazing voice and I, I just loved it when he sang with us. And uh, I was also fortunate to get to perform every now and then. He would call me up every now and then with Kenny Shields and Sweetheart, And Kenny was just, he is just part of my heart. You know, I just adored that guy. I would love to sing with him again. And then um, my other dead friend is my darling, darling Randy Booth. Two bass players, i got to say two. Randy Booth and Gary Stefani, both bass players. And just amazing, amazing artist Gary Stefanik. I played with in Graham's band. He died of cancer a few years ago, and he was the, he he was why I, I I knew what a bass player does. Like he was truly amazing. And so yeah, those those would be my I guess those are my four guys.
0: Wow, very emotional. Eh? They're wrapping things <laughs> up here. We went into this silence is like Lawrence of Arabia yeah. here. are dead. I know. This is hey, beautiful... my dad was
1: my biggest fan. You know, he was my first yeah. fan. So you know, you gotta gotta include him. Absolutely.
0: All right. Well, this was an incredible look at your life and times and, and work. And we'll, we'll, yeah, we may have to get like a Ken Burns Civil War score for all this and put it together. Uh, thanks so much yes, for um, thank you so much. Thank sharing you. us with your, your stories. And I'm just impressed <laughs> at all this, like, cool stuff that you've done. And um, I look forward to seeing what you and the rest of your regular family and artistic family are going to be doing.
1: You know, it's always something to look forward to.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, this is, like, why we do it, so people can hear both the cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. we want to get some oral history here. Yeah, yes, Flintstone
1: has a rich history.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so that's going to be uh, it for uh, Susan Gunn, Susan Lethbridge. I'm Susan Saray, saying good night <laughs> and good podcasting.
1: Good night, Susan. Good
0: night, Susan. <laughs>